Welcome to the King's Chapel Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. Got a great word to preach to you tonight. Found main text being Luke 16. You can turn there if you so desire. I want to talk about the revolutionary church. I went back and forth with different titles and sermon titles. I used to think they didn't make any sense, you know, it doesn't matter. But in actual fact, because of social media and hashtagging and the people just, when they read something, if it captures them, then they go ahead and look at it. If it doesn't, they blow right by it. So I was going to call it, you know, the, the violent church, but that, that didn't sound so good. I, you call it the militant church, which works pretty well. But I like revolutionary church. The revolutionary God is raising up a revolutionary church. And I'm not just talking about ours. I'm talking about the body of Christ. Across the nation, across the nations, there are people that are rising, understanding their God-given, blood-bought right and dominion to stand in the face of opposition, sickness, disease, and pressure and persecution. It is actually the way the church is supposed to be. But in these recent decades, the church in many places have been lulled to sleep. And it is part of the calling of God upon my life to stir you, to provoke you, to change. It is what the Lord has made me for. I'm a provoker. Proximo is the Greek word for that, to stir one another up to faith and good works. So if you're feeling irritated at any time during this message while I preach to you, to do something more for God, that would be the work of the Holy Spirit, most likely, very possibly. I'm also got an unction from the Lord to snatch the binky from your mouth. If you've been... Get you hungry for more of God. Let's all stand up on our feet out in the parking lot, 16, 10 a.m. I was preaching to somebody at Walgreens today. Our radio station's reaching Walgreens. Hallelujah. It's, it's a very low-power a.m. station, all sanctioned by the FCC, uh, but it's reaching Walgreens. Imagine that. I think it, maybe the Lord could just put some of his juice up on that thing, and it goes just a little bit further. 1610 a.m., and currently it's just broadcasting during our services, uh, but we'll see. I'm praying for a radio station. I prayed for one. We have one. Hallelujah. We have a radio station. I'm, I'm praying for more of a full-power one to uh, throw over the whole state of Alaska. Can you say amen? Luke 16 and find verse 16. We'll read just a few verses. I'm going to read from the New International Version because the New Living Translation just straight butchered it. I mean, you, you, you have to, when you read, don't just read one version. When you study, don't just read one version. You, there's 26 different versions and uh, either you speak Greek and Hebrew and, and uh, understand Greek and Hebrew and be able to do that, or you read multiple versions and can do word studies. But there's no way to get to the depth of what God wants to say through the word without doing that. You can't just read through and, and say that what is said means the same thing in our language that it did in theirs, because it doesn't always match up. Translators do the best they can. 
I'm going to read from the New International Version. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm going to go with the King Jimmy. And all the King Jimmyers said, Hallelujah. As long as I can find the King James in my gazillion versions here. Here we go. All right. And he said unto them, Ye are they which justify yourselves before men. But God knoweth your hearts. For that which is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. Verse 16. The law and the prophets were until John. Since that time, the kingdom of God is preached and every man pressing into it. And it's easier for heaven and earth to pass than one tittle of the law to fail. Whoever puts his wife away and marrieth another committeth adultery. And whoever marrieth her and is put away from her husband committeth adultery. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Amen. You may be seated. What a powerful verse of Scripture. The word revolutionary is a noun, but it's also an adjective. I'm going to use it in terms of being an, ad an adjective. Involving or causing a complete and or dramatic change. We are called to bring about dramatic change. In actual fact, when you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, it will work in you a dramatic change. In fact, if you can't remember when you truly received Jesus, then most likely you have not. And if you declare that you have received Jesus and there's no change, something's desperately awry. Something's wrong. A revolutionary church. I spoke this morning about Exodus 2 and then connected that to Hebrews 11 and verse 23. And the connection was in the hall of faith talking about Exodus 2, Moses' parents. When Moses' parents saw Moses, it stirred in them courage and cause them not to be afraid of the king's command, of Pharaoh's command, to give up their children to the slaughter as, as he was killing all of the children of the Jews because they were too numerous. They were too strong. Midwives were told to kill them. I mean, how horrible is that? But when Moses' parents saw Moses, they were so moved. In the Greek, it's the, the word is... Styles. It's Strong's G791. Now, let me just tell you that everyone here should learn to use a Strong's exhaustive concordance. And I think it's good to learn to use the, the actual book because I, I love books. Now, right now, you could go to, to uh, study areas online like blueletterbible.com. There's many different ways to find tools to look at the original language. And I'd encourage you to do that. 
Because we read things like in Hebrews eleven twenty three, they saw that he was a beautiful child. All depends on what version you read. They saw that he was a beautiful, well, every parent thinks their child's beautiful. I don't know if you know that that's true. But there's something about Moses that was different, and you, you will not catch it if you just read through it on a cursory view of it. The word strong, Strong's G791, as I said this morning, is that they saw him. It can be translated many different ways. That's why it says beautiful. It says fair. It says lovely. It all depends on what version you read. But when you look at that word, it also means something of the city. Which, let me, let me just break this down for something, for a moment. Something that's truly, truly beautiful has nothing to do with being with skin. Something that's truly beautiful, something that transcends our emotions and changes us. Can I say it this way? The glory of God is the definition of what is really beautiful. And we made in God's image, when we see a sunset, when we see a sunrise, when we, when we see a soaring eagle and a chirping bird, when we, when we see things like that, that that move us, you know, you'd stop or even pull your car over to take a picture of the clouds and the moose and the, woo, and you'd put it up on Instagram. Wow, that's beautiful. That's something of heaven that's put in you to actually recognize that. When it says in Hebrews eleven twenty three, they saw that he was a beautiful child, something of the city. One, one version says something of the city as in genteel, meaning something of aristocracy, something of nobility. Well, where does even any of that come from? It comes from the heaven, from the throne. So when it says something of the city where they saw Moses, they're like, oh my God, I worship you. There's something different about this child. I love all my children, but what is on this boy right here? And it caused them, and they're honored for it, to reject Pharaoh's decree. It's like, it's like the shy new mother. She doesn't talk to anybody at Fred Myers. She uses the self-checkout line. She's, she's very quiet. She just doesn't want to talk to people and maybe a little bit insecure. And it's, it's like someone like that coming in contact with Somebody who wants to harm their first little beautiful baby boy. The shy mother is instantly transformed into a she-bear will gouge homeboy's eyes out of his head. God help you mess with a mother's baby. Most mothers, if, if they're remotely healthy at all. Some come under the influence of drugs and demonic power. And then they do demonic things. And for that we grieve, but that's why we're here. We're here to see the captives set free. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. The coming of the kingdom of God in this text 
coming of the kingdom of God, verse 16, and I'll read another verse of the NIV. Since that time, the kingdom of God has been preached. Everyone is pressing into it. The kingdom of God was foretold in the Old Testament. And I said this morning, the Old Testament is like a picture book. The New Testament realities, types and shadows. The fulfillment of the law is brought about in the Jesus, the king of the kingdom, coming into the earth. When you see the Old Testament, you see, you know, darkness, and it's not much talk of really about the devil, or the devil, devil's only really mentioned four times in the Old Testament. But in the New Testament, it's like a real clarity takes place. It's almost like a curtain is pulled back, and you can see darkness and light. You can see the demonic, and you can see the kingdom of God. And it's like a light from heaven is released. In fact, the light of the world comes into the earth, and like cockroaches, they scamper everywhere. Has anybody ever been in a place where there's lots of cockroaches? You come downstairs, and you flip on the light, to get a drink of water or a glass of milk in the middle of the night and you see the floor moving if it's infested. And they scatter everywhere and they make a noise. How do you know that? I know. So you see the light of the world come in to the world and his name is Jesus and he declares war. He declares war. Understand we are clearly at war. And if you, if you just think this is a little social thing, you think what we're doing is just a little gathering together for Jesus. This ain't no little gathering. It is not what this is. This is a rally point to equip you for the works of ministry. This is a moment where by the love and the grace of God, I get to pour into you and put something in you that turns in you, that breaks off the shyness and makes you into a she-bear or a he-bear, something that turns in you that you will get to see something tonight and through any of our services, they're all the same. You see something tonight that'll stir you to action. And out of apathy, you don't have to be bound. You don't have to be shackled to your past. You don't have to remain addicted. All that needs to transform you is one touch from God. Talk to any revivalist. Talk to anybody that's had their life radically transformed. They will say the same thing that I'm telling you. When God touches you and impacts you and you grow to understand who he is and who you are in the kingdom, you will never go back like a dog to the vomit. You won't. And I don't know if you've been like those who have gone back like a dog to the vomit like I have countless times in my early walk. But I'm done with that now. I've seen too much. I know too much. I'm forever wrecked and ruined for the kingdom. Oh, my. I wish the only regret I have is I wish I had figured it out just a little bit earlier.
But God's redeeming the time, Joel 2, 25. He's restoring all the years that the locusts have taken. I'm going to preach, pray, and prophesy till I'm 120. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. I'm not going until I've run my course. Forgetting that which lies behind, I'm going to press on to the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Do you have to be so forceful? My God, if passion doesn't move you, then you might be dead. I'm telling you, you've got to be stirred in this hour. You gotta be encouraged. And I make no apologies for it. Oh, and I've had lots of pressure from lots of folks in the church and out of the church. You just need to calm down a little bit. You calm down. People are dying for God's sake. That's just not my personality. It's not the way the wired me up. Let us move on now to Matthew chapter 11. When you see this, this text, you're struck by the violence and the militancy, the revolutionary attitude of the kingdom of God. And so I ask you on this night, where is your heart? How militant are you? How on fire are you? Are you as on fire as you were last year or did you, did you drift? Because God doesn't move. So if, you, if you're not as on fire as you were last year, guess who moved? Mark 11, we'll read it in just a moment. If you've been sick, you can be healed, but it requires an act of violence at times. If you're going to do anything for the kingdom of God, it requires an act of violence. and It requires a revolutionary decision in your own heart, in your own mind. I remember back in 95, 95, 96, maybe it was 97. They all blend all those years for me. But we had a man that came in and played the nose flute. It's a nose flute, right? Yeah. Chris Harvey was his name. I don't know where he's at now. Chris Harvey. Do you remember Chris Harvey? The man is crazy. He'd lay hands on people, and people get touched and impacted and transformed. I'm turning my phone off. You might want to do the same thing to yours. Amen. And can I tell you a funny story before I tell you about the nose flute and the song? We're having a move of God. And people are being filled with the joy of the Lord and, 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 and weeping and laughing and God's touching people. We're laying hands on everybody. And Dr. Morocco's there and he's, I'm standing next to Dr. Morocco. Dr. Morocco's here. I'm here. Chris Harvey comes and lays hands on Dr. Morocco and he is just praying for him with all, that he, all his might that doctor would get filled with the joy of the Lord. The doctor's standing there like this. And he's, I mean like, like fully turned loose praying for doctor to be touched by the power of the Holy Spirit. And after a minute or two, doctor just starts patting him on the back. <laughs> and he stands up and goes, well, praise the Lord. He goes, praise God, son. He goes, okay, I'm going to move on to the next guy. <laughs> he moved on to me and prayed for me. It was just a great moment. I enjoyed it. And he sang this song. He brought this song to our church that, that I, I'd like to, where's Minister Micah? Don't go anywhere because I could call to the keys at any second. I want to relearn this song, so make a note. No more bondage. It goes like this. No more bondage. 
bitch, no more bondage. Now I'm free from the enemy. Cause who the sun sets, it's got that 90s feel to it. Three, indeed, no more bondage, just glorious liberty. Have to be sick, no more, don't have to be poor. No more, don't have to be bound. No more by the enemy. Cause who the sun sets free is free. Indeed, no more bondage, just glorious liberty. And we used to sing that, and do you remember that? We used to sing that song and run around the church with our hair on fire. That's why I don't have any hair. All right, Matthew 11. Uh, Matthew 11, go there. It's the only other time this word, biazo, is the Greek word, this word for violence. It's translated a couple different ways. Strong's G971. It's the only other time in the New Testament that this word is used. It's used in the text we read, Luke 16. And it's used here in Matthew 11, probably more familiar to some of you. And it says, verse 12, And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, that's that word, biazo, and the violent take it by force. Now, what some would say that means is that, that an explanation is the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, namely from its enemies. And, and it doesn't match the context at all. It doesn't mean, does the kingdom of heaven suffer violence from the enemies? Well, of course, but that's not the context. The context is saying this, that the kingdom of heaven is taken by violence. It's carried by storm. That the kingdom of God is to be shared, this heavenly kingdom, and sought with the most ardent and intensive Zeal. Zeal. An ardent, intensive zeal. Do you have that? When the Lord touches you, when the word of God unfolds before you, your heart will be set on fire. And what is lacking is fire in the church, is a boldness. The word means forceful, violent, ferocious. The kingdom of heaven rewards, really think about it this way, the kingdom of heaven suffers or rewards spiritual violence. What are you talking about, Pastor? You done lost me. Well, let me try to pick you back up a second. It is a violent act to repent. It is absolutely violent. To enter the kingdom of God, you've got to repent. That's violent, death to yourself. You have to ask for forgiveness for, for you, the way that you've lived, the things that you've done. That's an act of violence. It really is. That's the only way to enter into the kingdom is by repentance. There's no other way. You can't be born into it. Well, you're made in God's image, but uh, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about being born again, being born anew, being forgiven of your sin. It's an act of violence. You enter the kingdom by an act of violence. So I'm not really like that. Well, you better get repentant because if you're not, then you're going to go to a devil's hell and it was never created for you. 
Repentance is, is violent and it's, and it's radical. Repentance, a deep sorrow over your sin. Have you ever had that? Have you ever wept over your sin? If you haven't, then you have to ask yourself, maybe you haven't had a real revelation of what crucified the King of Kings. If you, if you haven't really wept over your sin, then maybe you really don't understand what happened. Because when you come in contact with the amazing love and the veil, the veil is lifted from your eyes and you truly begin to see Jesus, you will break for his amazing love for you. And it will cause an act of violence inside your soul. I've seen five-year-olds weeping for their sin. How much sin can you do at five years old? Enough. When you have a revelation of what sin is, it's an act of violence. There's no other way to enter the kingdom. Deep sorrow of your sin, turning towards God as a new focus, changing your thoughts, changing your behavior, changing people, places, and things. You get changed. Now, if you try to half-step with Jesus and keep another foot in the world or in your, your, you know, your goings-on that you had before him, it's going to be a painful walk. Now, sanctification is a process of him making you more like Christ, which never ends. It's ongoing. But I've found that people through their own spiritual violence can mature a whole lot faster than those who don't want to be violent about it. Some of you aren't done with sin, so you're tethered to it. You can find numbers right now in your phone to hook up with a sister or brother or you could, you could find numbers right now in your contacts to get, to get high, to do some illicit thing, to do something wrong. You couldn't find one in my, in my 2,700 contacts. You couldn't find one, except for people that I minister to. I, don't, I, don't, I, don't have, I wouldn't even know where to go. Some of you know where to go. That's because you're not done yet. Or you just stepped out, and if you did, I'm so glad, but why don't you get a new phone and delete the contacts? Why don't you cut all ties with hell? We like saying it that way. Cut every tie with hell. You know, it's an amazing thing when you come to Jesus, all of a sudden, you've got people that'll draw to you and just love you, and it'll be like amazing. In fact, I was talking to Pastor Brian, and he was telling me, oh, man, I love you, Pastor Brack, and I said, I love you too, bro. Let's do it, and if you need my help, I'll fly down. I'm ready to rock. Pastor Brian Gibson. Why would I say that? He's my friend, and I'm committed to him. And he's one of those ones that have not been domesticated. And so he's rising, and he is incredible people gathering to him, and then a whole nother set of people that you thought were there for, was his friends are like all of a sudden, step away from him. That's just a little bit too radical for me. I'm just going to go over here. And, and that can be hurtful. I didn't get to finish my conversation because I literally rolled up in the parking lot where we were having it. The gospel brings a separation. And it's violent. You're going to have to say adios to some people. That's Spanish for goodbye. Am I right? You're going to have to write some people off. And, but God will give you a whole new family, the family of God. you got to find a church. You gotta get plugged in. And it's an act of violence. 
What that means, the spiritual violence that heaven suffers violence, heaven rewards those who will seek God, who will cut ties with hell, who will align themselves with the kingdom, will say no to the flesh, no to the world, won't be pressed into the mold. It's another version of, of Romans 12. Don't be pressed into the mold of the world. I was watching somebody make spam bees. I'm sure it was our Hawaiian friends. Where are you? Is that you? I was watching you wake, make a spam bee, and I, I haven't had rice in a while. And I was watching that, and it required an act of violence to not go eat some rice. But I'm just saying, as I watched that, you pressed in that rice into that mold to make a spam musubi. If you don't know what that is, it's the nearest thing on earth uh, to manna. Uh, spam musubi. Jesus, help me right now. Just distracted myself. <laughs> that rice had to be pressed into the mold. Then the mold is lifted off, and there you have this perfect square rice with nor. Jesus, help me with that beautiful mystery meat. Anybody know what it's called? Spam. Not quite sure what's in it, but it sure tastes good. Spam and rice and nori and shoyu, which is uh, soy sauce, for those of you who don't know what that is. And, and oh, and there it was, all done, perfectly formed by the mold that it was in. It takes an act of violence not to be pressed into a mold where you just... Whistle Dixie while going over a waterfall as, as governmental takeover and different things are happening in different places. And again, I'm so grateful for Alaska and for our governor. But there's coming a one world government. And let me ask you, are you going to be pressed into that? It's going to require an act of violence. Is that going to be in your lifetime? I don't know. Maybe. Am I yelling? Good. To flow in the kingdom of God, you got to obey the Lord. And that, that is an act of violence. Go to Matthew 16, 24. I mean, think about this. Think of what Jesus says. Think about what he says right here. Matthew 16. Go ahead. Turn there. Take time. It's on your phone, in your Bible. Matthew 16, 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple, that's right, whoever wants to be my disciple, must deny themselves. That's an act of violence because self is extremely strong in this selfie culture. Must deny themselves, take up their cross. Do you know what he's saying? He's saying you need to crucify yourself. It's not saying literally, and some people have read this. It's horrible stories. It's really the devil. People have actually crucified themselves. There's all kinds of stories about it. Oh, I need to pick up my cross and just die. Like, stop it. It's figurative, but it's still very violent. You've got to put what you want to do to death. You've got to put your selfish, fallen human nature to the sword. Are you hearing me? Good. If you want to be his disciple, you've got to pick up your cross. Deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow me. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. I mean, you have to love people that you'd rather slap. Yeah. 
Am I just talking about me and Pastor Karen? No, I know I'm talking about you too. You have to lovingly embrace people. Doesn't mean you need to bring them to your inner circle. But you have to love people that are very challenging to love. I had somebody, somebody tell me just recently, Pastor, thank you for loving us the way that you do. And I said, well, you guys are easy to love. You, I mean, you're welcome, I guess. I mean, praise God, you know, thank you, Jesus. You're easy to love. It's the mean and ugly people that are hard to love. And ugly, I do not, I'm talking about your skin or your shape or any of that. I'm talking about beauty skin deep. Hannah taught me this. Beauty skin deep, but ugly goes straight to the bone. Walking with the Lord is not for the weak and the timid, but what will happen is he will empower you with his resurrection power working on the inside to live this life. And truth is, without him, there is no life. Not life and life abundantly. So let me ask you this question as we move along. Why in the world would he talk about marriage right after this? Verse 18. I'm going to read another version because the King James is a little challenging. For some, whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery. Whoever marries her who is divorced from her husband commits adultery. See, what he's doing is he's, he's talking about us as sexual beings and how to handle marriage. It's a picture of how violent we are concerning holiness. And in the time when Jesus wrote this, please understand what he's saying. Divorce was so rampant that you could divorce your wife for burning the toast. Okay, it's not talking, there are reasons for divorce. Now, I've seen people take this and say, well, that's it then. That's not true. If you break marriage covenant, then the covenant is broken. And divorce, God hates divorce even then because it brings such destruction to the heart, such destruction to families. And, and, and I know about that full well. Divorce is a wicked, evil thing, and it's also necessary sometimes to divorce someone who's continually living and doing things that are breaking the covenant, like adultery, like abandonment, like abuse. There are reasons for divorce, and that doesn't mean that you're yoked with Tarzan the rest of your life or Jane. And it doesn't mean you can't be married again, but there should not be serial marriages do you understand? So she burns your toast and the other one overcooked your pasta. You're done with both of them now. I had a first one. My first wife burnt my toast. And the second one just overcooked my pasta all the time. So I'm done with her too. I need to find a real wife. No, you're a jerk. You need to be saved. As bad as overcooked pasta is for an Italian. So I'm told. I think I'm feeling a carbohydrate anointing coming upon me right now. And so they would just, and you can go and read Mark 10, why divorce is allowed in the Old Testament. Divorce is rampant. I mean, it sounds like today. Listen, I'm just going to warn you. The truth is I'll be, I'll be sweet because I'm, I'm, I'm sweet. When I preach, I'm way stronger, and I try to deal with things in the spirit. I'm kinder, mostly, when you counsel me and ask me or, and say something really stupid. Like, well, we're, we're just getting divorced, you guys. Well, I just, 
I don't know, I'm just really not attracted to her anymore. And we fell out of love. I'm just going to take a full swing in the spirit and minister to you. Actually, if you think that way, I've fallen out of love. Just take your right hand with exceeding force and hit your own self upside the head. Because there's no such thing as really falling in love. There's the emotions of that. But love, you know what love is? Love is laying down your life for someone. You know what love is? What Jesus did, it's being crucified. Has nothing to do with... Hey. It has nothing to do with that. I was a project manager for a hazardous waste company in Laguna Negal, California on a $3.5 million asbestos waste removal job for the GSA arm of the government. And I would show up early to work and there was this other brother that would come early and we would have coffee together. He was the only black guy on the job and I was the only white guy. I was a project manager and he was one of the leads on the job. And everybody else was Spanish, so I learned to speak Spanish, some Spanish, some that you should not say. And we would talk, and he had pictures of his wife. And uh, he showed me, he says, this is when we got married. We drink coffee, you know, we're like 45 minutes early to work. I know some of you, like, have never done that before, but it's actually really fun. It takes the stress off you. You just come a little bit early. Ask Pastor Kirsten. He knows all about that. You come early. Instead of always being accused of being late, you're the first one. It's a great feeling. Try it. So that's this bonus for someone who's always late because your time is more important than everybody else's. So I'm there and, uh, and we're drinking coffee and he's showing me pictures. This is when we got married. I'm like, oh, he said, this is my, this is my son. This is my daughter. And then uh, shows me another picture. This is a few years ago. And he says, oh, my wife's so beautiful. And he starts showing me pictures. And he says, and this is, this is at our anniversary just, later, just last year. And you can see, you know, they're married for 30 years. So you see the progression of age and you see the progression of size. Which happens. And he says this. I said, oh, my, my wife. He picks, up the, the, he picks up the thin, newly married picture. He picks up the the more current picture, and he says, I loved her in the thin days, and I love her in the big ones. Amen. What a beautiful thing! What a beautiful thing to love one another. It has nothing to do with how they, I fell out of, you're an idiot! I fell out of love, you don't even know what it is! And I think Jesus puts this here because it's an act of violence to stay married. Amen. Let's have a praise break. I failed a special bonus moment this afternoon. And uh, I went through our normal ritual of an amazing lunch and, uh, you know, review my message and then, you know, change and go take a nap. I mean, I do it every Sunday. I, I love. It. I just. I love serving God. I love pastoring y'all. I love doing. I just. Am, am, I'm. I'm just. I'm in love with my life. I'm in love with my family. My wife. I'm in love with my family. I'm just so blessed to be here with you tonight. But I failed, and I have to repent corporately. I was lying in my bed, 
And the angel had just come with the slug. Anybody know what it's like a Billy a Blackjack from heaven? Just, that's just, I'm just being thumped right now. Some of you don't even know what a blackjack is, but I know Mr. Cleveland knows over there, Pastor Vince. <laughs> anyway, I'm on the way out, and Karen says, oh, oh, I, I, I need to get up and go get something. Would you get it? I'm like, no. <laughs> I'm sorry. She got up, and I missed my moment of bonus points. I just... I don't know, maybe I was, it was in the flesh. What can I say? Because a good marriage continuously dies to themselves. You don't want to get up. You're ready to go to sleep. You, you know when you got your PJs on and you just got your pillow right and you're like, yes, yes. Honey, I need help. No, 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 no. Uh, oh, oh. Oh, Lord, can you please help me? I'll pray for you. No, you just caved. You just caved into self. Come on, somebody say, put yourself to death. All right, but there are biblical grounds for divorce. So he was speaking to that. You don't have divorce for burnt toast. There are biblical grounds for divorce, and if it's not a biblical ground... There is no grounds, which means your ministry is getting healed and delivered. Let's have a praise break because I'm not feeling the love tonight. I can hear this question. Well, what if I, what if I got divorced and I didn't do it for the right reasons and now I'm married? It's all right. Stay married. Serve God if you didn't do it for the right reason. I mean, I've known people that have gone together. They both committed adultery. With, they were married, and they both committed adultery together, and then they went again and got married. That is a recipe for a nightmare. So if you find yourself hearing this message, and I'm preaching to you right now, and you're hearing it, you're like, that's us, that's us. Oh, God. Yeah, repent for that rotten foundation, but it's, you're married now. And you go on to live with Jesus and you serve God with all your heart. You don't go and divorce the person you're now with and go back and stop. Covenant's broken. You start over. You blew it. You say, but I was a Christian then. I understand. The point is that we must counter culture and contend for purity, contend for holiness. Divorce rates in churches should not be the same in the world. And they are not the same here. If you hear anything else that's a devil, just lay hands on and cast it out. Let me give you a few things about being a revolutionary Christian as I quickly move through the completion of this message. One, deal with the thought that I quit. I can't do this anymore. Deal with the thought that comes to every single person in warfare in the Christian life where you feel like, I just can't do this anymore. You got to that point, Pastor Gill. You came into the church with that story. I don't want to go to church, but your crazy Brazilian wife made you come. And you came, and God spoke to you. And you tried to hide out at Primrose, but you can, you can run, but you can't hide. The Lord knows where you are. Everywhere you go, you can move, but everywhere you go, there you are. You try to run from yourself, that's a hard thing to do. It's impossible. 
and you tried to just hide out. You'd had enough. You'd been hurt so much. And we've heard your testimony, but it's powerful. And you've, you said, I'm done. I'm done with church. I'm done. I love you, God, but I'm done with this mess. I'm done with it. And then somehow you came here and God began to soften your heart. And you went to Primrose and God gave you a word for Minister Carol. And it changed your life and now you're one of my pastors. We've all said, we've all said, I can't go on. We've all said, I want to quit. Quit is a four-letter curse word. I would have quit, except I had an encounter with God. No, I had a real encounter with God. Before I met Pastor Karen, I had this encounter with God. And I don't know if my brothers are on, but you'll love this if you are. My father had these black cowboy boots. It was a roping boot. Roping boots have an angled heel. This might teach you guys from Texas something. It, it, it has an angled heel. And the idea is that when you're roping and you get off to rope that, that steer, you know, you put your boots down and they kind of dig in. They'll dig into the dirt, you know, and they'll grab. And it's, 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 it allows you to keep your hold. And I remember when I was a kid that I saw, was holding the boot. I was looking at it and I said, how come the heel is like that? And I think it was my father said, well, when they're roping, you know, it digs in a little bit. You know, see how it's angled? It'll dig into the ground. I thought, oh, Many, many years later, I'm saved, I'm in the church. My life is in utter shambles. I mean, to tell you how shambled it was, it was, I was, I was still alive. But I had lost just about everything except for my life. And I had a few people that loved me, more than that, truth is, but it didn't seem like it. And I just thought, I quit. I'm in church, and I said, I'm done. I'm done being a loser. I don't want to live anymore. I don't want to go here anymore. All these people are freaks, and I don't want to. I'm done. I quit. I quit. And instantly, my eyes were open, and I saw this boot. It was my father's boot, a roping boot. And the Lord spoke to me and said, you are staying here. Dig your heels in because you're not going anywhere. And I thought, okay. And I cried and cried. And there were times when I was offended and pastors hurt my feelings and leaders didn't respect me and different things happened. It didn't go my way. And I thought I should have been elevated. And I wasn't because I had an issue with authority and I had a lot of healing that had to take place. And there'd be moments where I was like, man, I want to quit. Boot, you're not going anywhere. You're not going anywhere. <laughs> Stay. Well, somehow, I'm still here. If you, that takes an act of violence. Listen, you've got to, it's an act of don't quit. What are you going to quit to? Pastor Vince and I have talked about it. That, 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 that vision actually came with a scripture just after which is the disciples talking to Jesus, and he says, are you going to leave too? Are you going to leave? Drink my blood and eat my flesh, he says, and that thinned the church significantly. And the disciples stayed, and Jesus says, are you, are you going to leave also? He says, no, we're not leaving, because you alone have the words of eternal life. And that became so real to me that nobody had ministered to me like God has. 
His word has worked in me. His power. And I'm just one of a gazillions of testimonies over the millennium that have served God. If you'll not quit, if you'll hold on, if you'll resist, submit to God, resist the devil, he will flee. It requires an act of violence. Man, stir yourself and quit being a pansy. Quit being somebody who throws in the towel all the time. Quit being somebody who's got no fire, no passion, hunger for God. Let him change you. Let him transform you. Let him set you on fire. He alone has the words of eternal life. Never, 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 never give up. Realize the battle is spiritual. It's a spiritual battle. And we could go on and on and talk about this. Ephesians 6 and 11, put on the whole armor of God. That you may be able to stand against a wild, man, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I will never make an excuse for being zealous and on fire. I think you know who needs to get set on fire? The chill generation. Just calm down generation. Just be a toast, back away and let the world run you over generation. The f- be conformed, be molded into the image of a lukewarm, half-hearted, lackadaisical, powerless Christianity. I will not do it. I can't. Listen, behind the scenes is old Slewfoot. Behind the scenes, working to weary you down is the devil. Put on the whole armor of God, then you'll be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this age, and against the spiritual host of wickedness in heavenly places. The enemy will use people to hurt you. He'll use people to talk gossip about you. The only way he can use your mouth is by you letting him use it. You need to fight. Fight with spiritual weapons. Talking about being a revolutionary church. Talking about being a revolutionary in this hour. And I'm, I'm coming to a conclusion as soon as I do. Continuing on in Ephesians 6 and 13 says, Therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. I think we might have crossed over into some evil day right now. And having done all to stand, stand. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, which you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying with all, always, with all prayer and supplication in the Rakalala Mahaya Shata, in praying in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Suddenly you read this text and you get a grasp that you're at war. I mean, gird yourself up, man up, woman up, rise up, take authority, be a revolutionary, be a revolutionary church. It pained me. Pained was the right word. It pained me to close our building and to do church like we did 
Actually, the parking lot, I dig that. That was great. I really enjoyed it. I felt like, I, I felt like some, I don't know, Billy Graham with that echo that went on for a mile. I just want to go back out there. Truth is, I like that. It's awesome. Nights like tonight, turn the loudspeakers up and let everybody pound sand. Amen. So that's not a very nice Christian. Yeah. I don't know whether, I, 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 was, I was duped by that whole nice Christian thing. I, I don't want to be considered a nice guy. I'm not a nice guy. I'm a man of God. I'm kind, loving, and compassionate. And I will straight decapitate the enemy if he gets in my way. That has nothing to do with being nice. It's that, remember, it's not a human being. Be full of the Holy Spirit. Be full of the Holy Spirit. I started talking about how I was, um, I'm sorry, I want to go back to that. I was pained to change the way that we were doing church. I wrestled with God. It's against the way that God wired me up. If I'm told to do something by someone outside of my authority structure in government, I just want to rebel. That's just how I'm wired. Because I know with the one world government and I know that harlot Babylon and the mark of the beast and, and, you know, maybe I'm just a little bit on edge with all of that because I see wars and rumors of wars and earthquakes and I see the love of many growing coal. I see, I see the book of Revelation just coming about before my eyes and, and, the, and the pit and, oh, my gosh. So I just get on the edge of that thing and like, oh, so the second I feel a little bit of push, I just be like, yes, pop, pop, pop. I just want to start swinging. Anybody else? And the Lord's like, no, 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 no. Relax. I said, okay. So we relaxed. And took, until he took the bit off and said, you can open now. And I was so grateful. Can I tell you why? I was so great. I got called today by the Department of Health, some Alaska State Department of Health, and, and uh, I don't know, some Clovis thing. I don't know. And they called and I'm like, I'm, you know what, I'm like, I'm like, I'm, I'm, part, I'm like ready right now. I'm ready for whatever happens. We have a lawyer, whatever, I'm ready. I'm ready. I, I don't want to go to jail for all the times I should have gone. I'll go for righteousness in a second. Pastor Karen, too, all the times you should have been in jail, sweetheart. I'll go for God now. I'm going to stand for my First Amendment right. Take the 501c3. I don't know if they'll take it. I like it. I'll get tax credit, but I'm due for tax credit. They take the 501c3, and they can smoke it if they want. to do whatever they want. They're smoking everything else, for God's sake. So when the Lord said, you can go ahead and open, ahead of, ahead of will allow you 50 people. You know how mad that makes me? That's what my friend's fighting for. Why can't we be health conscious? Not that any of you are doing that. So I said, it's more dangerous to try to separate two best friends, women, weeping and crying. Go ahead, try to get social distance there. That's way more dangerous than Clovis. Way. Let's have a praise break. I think I'm preaching long. I'm going to land this thing. It's a great word. It's a great word because we're supposed to be a revolutionary church. So when the Lord spoke to me and said, you go ahead and open, I wanted to open that Sunday. My staff said, pastor, 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 pastor. And they'd have done it if I rammed it through. But they said, just, 
We, we have so much to do before we're ready to do that. So we made the announcement that Sunday. We opened that Wednesday. And, I, and, and they worked so hard. All our media department dragging cables and doing all the stuff and moving everything around. It's a lot of work. Media departments taking application. You can be a part of the media team. Hallelujah. But I was very thankful the Lord allowed me to do it because as I preached on that Sunday about a witness, I'm glad that I'm able to stand here and say, no more, because the Lord told me we can now meet. And I'm going to obey him first. And it was just, and it's, I don't think it's all that big a deal, but it was a statement to me before the forces of darkness and harlot Babylon and everything that's coming that I will never, ever take a mark. I will never, never do that, which is apostate. And so help me, God, we will not become the apostate church. Can you say amen? What a lovely message tonight. Fight with spiritual weapons. Be full of the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5, 16. Be filled with the Spirit. Don't gratify the lusts of the flesh. Persevere until victory. Persevere until victory. Say it again. Persevere until victory. Can I have my worship team, please? My brother... Uh, Chris, uh, John, rather, was telling me, uh, reminding me, I should say, about Reverend Charles Finney. It's the second great awakening in America, Reverend Charles Finney. And he wrote in 1875 this, which I fully ascribe to and believe it to be sure and true. Sound words. And he says this in one of his sermons on revival. If you've ever wondered who is responsible for moral decay, corruption, lack of discrimination in our day, it belongs firmly, firmly to those who are called to preach. The preachers are wholly responsible for the moral decay and decline in our society. Brethren, he goes on, our preaching will bear its legitimate fruits. Let me break that down in a language that we're not used to reading. What you preach will be manifested. And if you don't preach against sin, sickness, adultery, drunkenness, and the like, then you will have that running rampant because it's natural for man to, by the flesh to be led that way. And you'll have a lukewarm, half-hearted gospel. You'll have sermonettes making Christianettes that don't stand and vote for what's right. You vote for what's right. You vote according to the issues. But if you've not been taught and you've not been discipled in the things of holy writ, then you'll vote for every, any moron you think should be there because he has behind, but because some party's behind him. Seriously? Immorality. I was talking to the Lord. The seriously part. If immorality, he goes on to say, prevails in the land, the fruit is ours in a great degree. If there's decay of conscience, the pulpit is responsible for it. If the public press lacks moral discrimination, the pulpit is responsible for it. If the church is denigrated and worldly, the pulpit is responsible. If the world loses its interest in 
religion. The pulpit is responsible. If Satan rules in our halls of legislation, the pulpit is responsible for it. If our politics become so corrupt that the very foundations of our government are ready to fall, it is the pulpit that is responsible for that. Let us not ignore the fact, my dear children, but us lay it to heart and be thoroughly awake to take our responsibility in respect to the morals of this nation. The Reverend Charles Finney, 1875. He thought it was bad then. What in God's name do we have now? 10 million babies killed. I think that's the last year. Is that right? Somebody go check that stat. Is that right? Hank says that's right. So if it's not right, you just see Hank. 10 million. So how could that be? The black robe regiment was a group of men. Go type in black robe regiment and uh, uh, David Barton. Go, go read that. It's a video. David Barton, black robe regiment on YouTube. Go watch it. up Finney's praise up people of uncompromised dedication where is a young married couple that would go across land and sea to bring the gospel to a lost and a broken people our society has fallen Lost has permeated churches and pastors and leaders and deacons and board members. God, raise up fire-baptized, uncompromised leaders in this hour of history. Raise up people like unto John the Baptist who will burn and shine like a lamp of the Lord, who won't turn to the right or turn to the left or yield to public opinion or pressure or political manipulation. Let it be known that we at King's Cathedral and Chapels will stand for the Word of God. Heaven and earth will pass away, but His Word will remain. And there will come a time for the new heaven and the new earth. This is just a test.
free people. from sissified Christianity. Free people. Just lift your hands. Some of you have compromise in your life and you know it. You want to keep playing with that. Well, it's not going to end well. I encourage you to turn. Turn towards him. Repent. Call on him. It's time for a revolutionary church. Listen, I don't really, I don't really care what the liberal frontiersman says about us. I could care less. Did they say anything? I don't know. Did they? I don't care. I've gotten people upset at me because I've taken a stand and made wise cracks at the Democratic Party. Let me just let me, let me just help you for a second. Let me can I can I just step in something and get myself in trouble? Because I'm gonna just tell you in preacher school, they tell you, oh, just you know, you know, just You see, the idea is that you would take a wide a swath as possible and offend as least people as you can. And I I think that's great. And the whole thing is corrupt, it seems. Republican, Democrat, the whole thing. The biggest problem I have is if you write in the party platform about killing babies, I have a problem with that. It's part of the stinking party platform. I know there's corruption in Republicans too that they're for the right to life. I mean, I'm going to stand. How about you? You say, well, I'm not into that. I'm, well, we're probably not the church for you. I'll be ticking you off on a regular basis. I don't want to. I don't want to offend you, but I'm going to stand by truth. And God's raising up people that don't really care. I'm, I'm not domesticated. And I never will be. It's all Pastor Karen's fault. Will you stand as a revolutionary? Will you stand as somebody who won't shrink back? Will you stand when public opinion and the criticizers tell you to, can you turn it down? Can you, can you not be so loud? It's not my gift. I'm loud. And I can be obnoxious. And you know, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing that there's different pastors for different sheep. I'm fixing to raise up an army like the army of God. Fixing to see KSM set on fire more and more. To raise up men and women and children that are full of the glory. Full of the glory. There's a storm coming. There's a storm coming of fire and power. There's a storm of the people of God. Oh, power coming upon nine-year-olds. The power of the Holy Spirit coming upon that shy mother, giving her boldness. There's a storm of God's power. Power coming to this nation and he's going to use us and many others to do it. Hallelujah.
we're peaceably gathering and we're spiritually violent. And we bind the works of darkness right now. We bind the works of darkness right now. Minister Barry, come and take a mic and just light it up and pray for revival. Come on, hustle up here. Come on, pray for revival. Come on, pray for an outpouring. Pray that God would endue his church with power. Pray. Come on, lift your voice. Come on, pray. Lord, we come before you tonight, Father, and we declare, Lord God, that the spirit of the living God is upon us. You have anointed us. You have raised us and are raising us up to proclaim the gospel, to set those that are captive free, to proclaim liberty to those who are bound, to open up prison doors so that those that are in prison will be in prison no longer. We declare the promises of God that all that God has said is yes and amen. We declare, Lord, that in these last days you will pour out your spirit upon all flesh, that young men will see visions, old men will dream dreams. You'll pour your spirit
is ungodly and defiled. Stand against it. Do the right thing. If people don't like it, they're really going to be upset at the end of the age. Don't worry about it. Don't answer your critics. Live for the audience of one. Walk in agreement, contending as one man for the faith. Be a revolutionary. Rise up. God chose you to be alive at this time. You say, Pastor, you're so intense. It is an intense time. It is my job to prepare you, to teach you to walk in victory as a revolutionary. Free yourself from the cords and the snares of religiosity and the sin that so easily entangles and walk in the freedom and the power and the demonstration of the kingdom of God, his power. It's at work so mightily within me, as the Apostle Paul said. We interrupt this altar call for the fresh wind of the Spirit. Just let Him touch you. Let Him touch you.
Sing to the Lord, sing to the Lord a new song. comfortable now just yield just yield forget about your neighbor I release you from the opinions of the person standing next to you
one time sing to the Lord. here. That's our commitment. That's a biblical understanding. If you're not right with God or you need to be recommit to him online or here, won't you give your heart to Jesus? You'll never regret it. Step out from where you are in the world. Step out of the world and come to Jesus. Somebody need to like be born again, again, because you got cold. Got religious, you got you got tied up, you got domesticated. Unfire believers irritate lukewarm believers. Irritating. If that's you, pray this prayer right out loud. Say, Dear Heavenly Father. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in my place. To rise again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin. And come into my heart. Come into my life. Be my Lord and Savior. Thank you for loving me. For hearing my prayer. Amen. Hands lifted. Hearts raised before the Lord. Be filled now with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Every bondage, every curse, every cord, every chain be broken. Be filled now. Be filled now. Be free.
I've brought you out to bring you in to fill you with my spirit use you use your life I brought you out to bring you in use you to display my love use you to display my glory I brought you out to bring you in to flow through you to speak through you I brought you out to be my and I wash and they can they are my from my Feel like I'm in Africa for a second. I brought you out to bring you in to display you for my glory, my glory, my glory. Brought you out to bring you in. those of you that are paying attention, this is the interpretation. I brought you out to bring you in to set you on fire. Oh, I love you, 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 I love you. <laughs> Be filled with joy. Let the joy of the Lord touch you. Depression and sighing and sadness flee. church revelation a birth revolution that'll stand and see the kingdoms of men become the kingdoms of our Lord and God hallelujah hallelujah come on put your hands together for Jesus Here's my game plan currently, I'm praying. Uh, it's also new to the staff because I'm just getting it confirmed right now. So if you wanna take this as a staff meeting as well. In about two weeks, we'll open our children's church and figure out how to do all of that. So we're in the planning stages. So you pray for that, all of you with children, we're getting back to that. I know that I know there's a plan, it's a phase plan, and it's planned in phases, and it's coming slowly and fast all at the same time. We have our own plan, uh, according to the First Amendment, and we'll do it as, as best and safely as we can, led by the Holy Spirit.
about two weeks, we'll open Children's Church and do it in a defined way. We'll let you know more about that. Gonna, gonna pray and I'm gonna take some time. My two brothers are flying in this week. I'm gonna take some time off and take a few vacation days and just enjoy the kingdom of God. And, and my beautiful brothers, I just can't wait to see my brothers, man. We'll come back and have a powerful, a powerful midweek on Wednesday, powerful services, life groups. Listen, plug into the life groups. Be a part of that. We've got a new, new life groups coming out. There's Zoom meetings, but we've opened it up for those who want to meet in homes. Um, you can just talk about that with your leader, and your leader will talk about that with you. So if you're not comfortable, that's, we understand it's fine. And uh, this, in, in my life group, I've got a high school boys group. They, I've got some that come over, and some are on Zoom. So we'll just, you know, we'll just go with the flow and, uh, so to speak, the flow of the Spirit of God, that is, and we'll progress. What I feel like the Lord wants us to do is to have some day and night meetings. So uh, not this coming week, but most likely the next week, we'll do that. We'll have 12 to 1. I'll do my ETS here. We'll have revival. It'll be amazing. And then we'll do some night meetings too. We'll just push and press for a little bit and have a great time. It's so, so good to be in church together with you. And he said, what about the rest of the seating? Well, we're just being led by the Lord, so maybe we'll change things by next Sunday. You just be in prayer, all right? We're trying to do things. In the name of Jesus, take authority over that nasty. Kill it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> you know, that, that's just like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to go another, another step with that. Go ahead. Yeah, no. Youth. Wednesday night, this Wednesday, this Wednesday, youth. All right. Pastor Karen, would you come and close our service? That was a nasty little hornet that tried to sting pastor, but I have authority over it. Nasty little hornet tried to sting me when I'm making an announcement. All right. <laughs> Come on. Lift your hands to heaven. Pastor Karen, go for it. Lord, we're so thankful for all that you've done tonight. And Lord, I pray that you would bless your people, cause your face to shine upon us, Lift up your countenance towards us. Be gracious to us. Keep us and give us peace in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen, amen and amen. amen. Come on, go out with a shout. Come on, give a big amen. Amen. Bless you. There's, there's cake out there for the Cassidy's. Make sure you guys all are aware of that. Meet and greet. We have... Uh, some cake and goodies out there. You be sure to say hi to the Cassidy's. They'll be, they're in the sanctuary now, but they'll move out there and have some fellowship if you want. If you're concerned about social distancing, you probably want a social distance. Amen. And um, you can exit through the front doors or the, the main side doors. We're so glad you came tonight. Those of you online, God bless you. We love you. Praise the Lord. See you Wednesday. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. 
Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.